This podcast of Out to Lunch is made possible by FSC Interactive, an online marketing agency specializing in social media, paid search, and search engine optimization. FSC-focused smart communications empowers customers to take control of their online brands. More at fscinteractive.com. Smart is their middle name. Major support for Out to Lunch on WWNO provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937, now with more than 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. Online at joneswalker.com. Additional support comes from Fidelity Homestead Savings Bank, Resource Management LLC, Luba Workers Comp, and 30 North Investments. From Commander's Palace Restaurant in the Garden District in New Orleans, we're out to lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Raschuti is Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and economist. It's business, New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch. If you listen to this show, you'll know that New Orleans is the birthplace of more than just jazz and cocktails. Whole Foods got its start here. We build drones here. We have tech companies that are powering parts of American Express and the space station. Besides these pioneers, there's a product that was born in New Orleans that has found its way all around the world, the bouncy castle. Yes, those giant inflatable things that little kids bounce around in are the brainchild of an ex-NASA employee and Tulane professor. John Skurlock invented the spacewalk in 1962. John's son, Frank, runs the company today. The T-minus group has over 200 locations worldwide, and they have a lot more fun and games these days than just bouncy castles. Frank, welcome out to lunch. Thank you very much. And after we graduate from bouncy castles, we find other things that we like to do in groups. Since Hurricane Katrina, groups of people coming to New Orleans for conferences and vacations have discovered the rewards of volunteering. Teddy Nathan founded Crescent City Connections, it's the company, not the bridge, to put these groups of visitors together with local nonprofits who can use their time and labor. Uh, Ted, Teddy, welcome out to lunch. Thank you for having me. Let's start at the beginning, childhood. Frank, when your dad invented the spacewalk, it wasn't just a matter of gluing a few bits of plastic together in an amusing shape. Your dad was a brilliant physicist who created new material that was able to be inflated and had other practical uses, like a, a life-saving air cushion for fire departments before he came up with the idea of uh, kids jumping up and down in inflated castles. Uh, we often hear stories of how difficult it can be for kids in a family business to follow the footsteps of the visionary founder of the company, but you seem to have a vision and imagination equal to that of your dad. Uh, tell me what your company's up to today. Wow, we are doing a whole bunch of different stuff. Uh, we operate rental stores known as Spacewalk and Inflatable Zoo Nate, worldwide, and that is under the website called herecomesfun.com, and that actually is run by other members of my family. And then myself, I'm more in the, the development side. These are like side. franchises, by the way, Frank? Actually, they're all company-owned. Okay. We put people in business to basically replicate what we created here in New Orleans and do it in their hometowns. Um, what I'm primarily focused on is a project out in the eastern New Orleans. It's called Transformation Village, which is the complete overhaul of that area. Everything from where Jazzland Six Flags used to be, the potential addition of a water park, movie backlot, even a Noah's Ark, and a whole bunch more stuff. 
Is it would it be just yourself, or would it be other teams would also be using that space out this there? This is whoever wants to come in. We are the calling card saying, come to New Orleans, invest in us. We're going to make New Orleans the greatest family destination in the United States. Most people don't realize that when Walt Disney had success in California many years ago, he actually didn't go down to Orlando. He kind of came here, right in New Orleans East. And uh, due to some um, political things back at the time, the dream didn't get completed, but it's never too late to bring it into reality. <laughs> that is great. I, I had actually heard that story that politicians sort of had their hands out, and that's why he yep. shifted over to, over to Florida. They, uh, Teddy, in 2013, your business won the Pitch Nola competition. That's, in fact, where I met you, uh, beating out, among others, the business that would go on to win a major 2014 Idea Village Entrepreneur Competition. So you obviously have a workable business model, which we'll get to in just a second here, but let's talk about the day-to-day -day operation that you have over there. It's laudable that businesses and vacationers still want to donate their time and energy to volunteering here, but we've moved so far from Hurricane Katrina that you'd think that everything that could have been rebuilt in New Orleans has been rebuilt by now. Uh, why do people still want to come here and volunteer? And, and what do you have them doing? Absolutely. Um, so I think the way that we look at it is that these experiences, this is not charity, but rather a means to collaborate. And what we call these experiences, we call them mutually beneficial volunteer experiences. So yes, the volunteers are supporting local nonprofits, but in exchange, the volunteers are actually gaining a very deep connection to the city, um, learning about specific issues that they care about, whether it be environmental, education, housing, and helping support the solutions. And so it's a very hands-on, sort of uh, involved process where it's, a, it's really a learning and educational process where we also try to integrate New Orleans history and culture throughout. So it's a new way to experience the city um, that really, again, is mutually beneficial. So um, we really uh, pride ourselves on what we call our customization. So if a group is interested in a very specific aspect, whether it be health, um, or education, we will align them with nonprofits that are working on those specific issues in the city. For example, um, last week we worked with Smoothie King. They had their annual conference come to New Orleans, um, and their mission as an organization is to promote healthy and active lifestyles. They wanted to do something in New Orleans that would help do that specifically. And so they reached out to us and they said, you know, we, we, we like rebuilding houses, we like, you know, kind of working with homeless uh, uh, individuals, but what we'd really like to do is something that speaks directly to our mission. Can you help us find a great project that will help them do that? Um, so we naturally, we reached out to our community partners and uh, identified a, a project working at Tad Gormley Stadium in City Park. Tad Gormley Stadium, as we know, is a very popular uh, sports uh, 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 venue for all types of high school sports here in the city that really promote, again, healthy and active lifestyle. So they helped um, actually paint the stadium so that it's up to uh, uh, emergency code, essentially. They have to, every now and then, uh, you have to paint uh, exit signs and, and oh, have kind sure. of trailways out. So we had 40 volunteers helping um, pretty much work on the stadium on a specific project with that. And so they had the ability to line up with uh, the city park staff um, and do a great afternoon's worth of work. Now tell me, Teddy, I know that these conferences have uh, usually kind of long lead times, some of these. How do you get a hold of them in time to make, make that happen? So the key to our success, we're a not-for-profit organization, a very small organization as well. The key to our success is really building partnerships. And so we have um, created a partnership network through the Convention and Visitors Bureau, 
but then also destination management companies, event planners, and hotels, and catering services to specifically let them know about our services so that when people come through the door a year or two out before their event, these groups are able to sell this idea of volunteering while in New Orleans. Not as a means of charity, but as a way to connect your visitors or your group with one another and the city. The idea and vision is that they will leave not uh, a lasting impact on the city, but these experiences will also leave a lasting impact on the volunteers specifically related to the conference or convention. And you too, what I was thinking of is uh, in regard to the, the city benefiting from this, this must probably tack on a day or two of a stay probably, doesn't it? We do generally when we work with conferences and conventions, this is going to be on the front end or the very tail end of a conference. So usually it's a pre-conference sort of event. So if a conference starts on Friday, we'll do this on Thursday. Um, but yeah, it's a great way to stay. You know, it's, we're not going to take the whole day. Um, they can still enjoy the, the fine food and, and music in the evening time, but a great way to kind of set the context for your visit in New Orleans and, and kind of set the theme as well. You know, tell you, it changes everything. I, I speak around the country, and I, when I run into people now that say they've been to New Orleans, about half of them were somehow involved in some volunteer, and that's a whole different conversation. They appreciate the city. Uh, it isn't the way it used to be, which was frankly, yeah, I went to Bourbon Street, and I never, I don't know how that happened. You know, it's like, this is a, uh, this is really terrific. So, uh, and and uh, Frank, I've got to ask you on this project out in New Orleans East. Where are you in this whole thing? Do you? you looking for funding or it all goes back to funding and i've been really traveling the world i was in beijing about a month ago i'm actually going to be on the west coast next week it's all about bringing investment back here in the united states and specifically in the new orleans region and what's the uh, what's the audience think when you when you pitch it they're they, they just think the whole project's incredible i mean and they people don't realize that New Orleans doesn't have as many things for children as there is to do. We want to make this a family destination, just like you were mentioning Bourbon Street. You know, Bourbon Street is a lot of fun, but most of us, let's say, are mature adults, especially with families, and um, the zoo's nice and a few other attractions, but we're really missing. We're, miss we're the largest community in the United States that does not have a water park. We also don't have any resort hotels. Imagine if anybody's been to, say, Atlantis and Paradise Island. Yeah. Also, there's an Atlantis in Dubai. Why don't we really put an Atlantis right here where the one city that truly went underwater, which would be here in New Orleans? Um, we actually have a team that's going to be going later this year uh, to South Africa to meet with some of the developers from Atlantis and hope to recruit them to come here. Las Vegas, for instance, tried to make themselves more of a family destination and sort of backed away from it. Do you think you can be both things? We're hoping to. Uh, the one thing that we do know is that like a single venue like Jazzland or Six Flags, which had three attempts and actually prior to Katrina, it was a successful park. However, one of the things people said there weren't any water attractions. Also, they didn't really plan it well enough for the heat that we have during the summer. So now, and also we need to bring in the local culture. Why we're utilizing Six Flags themed characters as opposed to our own heritage here, because that's what we want our guests to go back with the impression. You know, we're, we're talking well over a million people annually, and just think of the opportunity with all we have to offer with my travels around the world, New Orleans is a world brand, and we need to exploit it to the fullest here. And Teddy, I'm going to ask you, is this your full-time job? Uh, currently, it is not. Um, it is a part-time job. We're actually a part-time volunteer You're a male dancer during the week. And um, I do community outreach for Tulane University. 
um, and through their Center for Public Service and work with a lot of nonprofits, over 400 in the region. And that's where kind of this idea came from is I saw this existing need from the nonprofits here in New Orleans for volunteers, but beyond just volunteers, all types of resources, financial, uh, human, and otherwise, and um, saw that a lot of these needs weren't necessarily being met. And so we kind of looked around New Orleans and said, well, are there any existing resources that are already here that could potentially help fill some of these needs here at local nonprofits? And naturally, we looked to the business and hospitality sector, um, which is growing, as we all know, and saw a huge opportunity and also need from those sectors to connect with the nonprofits. And now you're getting an MBA, you're going to be scary. Yeah, it's, it's, not in the, it's not a sustainable lifestyle. I don't know if I would suggest it, but so far, so good. <laughs> hey, Frank, let me, uh, this is the part we like to call the checklist. It's part of the show where we take a little break and ask a quick question that you probably wouldn't find on a loan application. So I'll ask you each a question, but Frank, I was going to ask you, who do you turn to for advice? I know you're, you know, obviously your, your dad started the company. Where, where do you go? I have a group of peers that um, there's an industry association called IAPA that stands for International Association of Amusement Parks and Attractions. There is? Oh, absolutely. And you can get anything there from a roller coaster to a stick for a corn dog and everywhere in between. Um, those of us that knew Pontchartrain Beach here in New Orleans, which was created by the Bat family, uh, Harry Bat Sr was actually one of the heads of that, and most people also don't realize that Harry Bat, the local New Orleans family, was 15 years ahead of Walt Disney himself in the themed entertainment business. And that's what, so Walt Disney actually was following the Bat family, and if you ever have a chance to go out to Anaheim, California, see the original Disneyland, they actually have a French Quarter area because Walt's influence and passion for New Orleans. Wow. <laughs> So an advisory committee you put together. So That's yeah, I, I have contacts and living in celebration. I met a whole bunch of Disney people. Uh, I also network with an extensive group of people here in New Orleans and people want to do the greater good. And it's all about bringing people together. And once again, I, I want to make it perfectly clear. This is not about me. It's not even about my team. This is about what can we do to make New Orleans the best family community in the world. And so we have reached out, we bring people in, and I gotta tell you, everybody absolutely loves our city. They, we have certain issues that we're cleaning up, as you know, we fully recovered from Katrina, or not fully, but we're well on the way. However, the one thing that we don't have yet is you know, we just got our first miniature golf course over in City Park, yes. which is great. But if you take a city like Orlando that has more than 15 of them, we have a long way to go. You know, even back- I always get stuck in the water wheel, you know, that's a big problem. One of the, Regulations is a tough thing going through the political channels and quite frankly, um, you know, we need to work together in concert with the city, the state and the federal government because the project that we have at hand here is massive. It's literally the equivalent of launching a Disney World, which is a multi-billion dollar thing. Imagine what would happen. Orlando alone currently has over 40 non-stops every week from Orlando to the United Kingdom. Currently, our international airport, New Orleans, has zero international flights. I'm hoping just to get one weekly flight, flight from old Paris to new Paris, which is New Orleans. So <laughs> wouldn't that be a great start? And you talk about the city starting to thrive and grow. The influence that we have is amazing. Wow. Now, Teddy, I'm... I've got to ask you, because I know you're doing a lot of things. We mentioned you're going to school and you're, you're working and putting this together. What, what do you do to recharge your batteries? I, I, mean, I moved to New Orleans in 2006 and kind of fell in love with the, the music 
And so what I do like to recharge is, is go see some good live music throughout this. And uh, Frank, I wanted to ask you a question. What comes first? Is it the, do the, chronologically, is it the hotels and the resorts are built and then the rides, or do you build the park and then that'll be followed up? What's well, you have to look at what is potentially going to influence and bring in the most people. The theme park is the biggest draw. Uh, there previously was a concept proposed to put a shopping center there. The shopping is great, and actually that will be incorporated into our plans as well. However, you have to have the people. So they, co they need to coexist. And one thing that the, all the statistics and research we've done have shown, if you just have a single venue, it's a high probability it will not exist. It won't, it'll be just like the previous attempts here. So that's why we have to have not only multi-ages, multi-culturals, uh, uh, and offer them, it's kind of like a menu at a restaurant. You have something for everybody. And we only had one offering previously, and that's what the people that attempted to run the parks here in New Orleans, it, it was a very seasonal thing. It, it was very limited, and while it was su successful, just like our World's Fairs was successful, the offering was too restricted. Imagine uh, a resort hotel. Right now, we do not have a lush tropical hotel swimming pool. We have a few great swimming pools in the quarter, but they're not family-oriented. roofs. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> very, very restricted. Uh, imagine if we had a beach, like uh, a true Pontchartrain beach, that instead of, we all probably love Destin, Florida, if we've been there, but that takes, you know, a commitment to get there. Why not do it here? We have the greatest lake in the United States, totally underutilized. You had mentioned before one of our company's names besides Spacewalk and Inflatable Zoo is the T-Minus Group, and that's more the new development side. And just so everybody understands what T-Minus, when I lived in Orlando, I lived about 50 miles from the Kennedy Space Center. And everything in life is a countdown, and you have to know where your destination, where you're going. And the T and T-Minus obviously is time, and minus mean the absence of, so it's the takeaway. And that's what if you don't have, you know, it's... If you don't, you can have all the visions and goals in the world, but unless you assign it to an accountable standard, they're just they're just dreams. You have to put something into play to make it become tangible. Well, that's where that name came from. Yes. Okay. <laughs> now, Frank and Teddy, I want to take a minute to introduce you to Max Godin. Now, we met Max through 52 businesses who specialize in uncovering entrepreneurs in the early stages of development. And uh, Max's entrepreneurial idea is called AirPNP. So not Airbnb, but AirPNP. And I'm going to give Max one minute to tell you about it. Now. Uh, I'm going to give each of you a chance to ask one question or make one comment that you think will help Max uh, move his business forward. So, uh, Max, I'm so glad to have you here. Let me have your one-minute pitch. Yeah, thanks. Um, so, essentially, Airbnb allows residences and businesses to rent out their bathroom to passers-by uh, on a per-pee basis. So, uh, and this is all facilitated through an app. We provide the marketplace in which this happens, connecting the uh, bathroom to the user. So uh, whenever you're out and about and you need a place to pee and there's not one available, uh, we're, we're trying to fill that need. Wow, what a great <laughs> kickoff this has been. This is, this is terrific. They, uh, let's see, I, let me just ask a, a question while you two are formulating the, the real questions here. What, um, uh, so these could be businesses or residences? That's correct. All right. On a per P basis, I, I've never, I do a lot of business work. I've never seen that term used before. So this is great. This is. Well, yeah, Max, I'll say I've certainly been in this situation before. <laughs> uh, and so I, I, would, I would greatly benefit from your services. I think, you know, when I hear 
uh, different entrepreneurs talking about their ideas. I always want to hear about piloting, sort of how you've got to try this product out um, in real time and in the real world. And so um, encouraging you to, to kind of start small, but if you can team up with any sort of small events and then small businesses as well and provide examples whenever you're talking with people, um, that's always so I can kind of see the full picture. Like say I'm in Lee Circle at Mardi Gras and there's a hotel across the street and making that connection. Usually I try and sneak in, but not always successful. But when you're able to tell those sort of stories, uh, I think that usually can kind of put your potential users in, in that specific situation. And I concur. I've been <laughs> in that situation, especially in our wonderful city. Uh, what a concept. Um, thank you. Uh, a lot of people are going to be thanking you. A lot of, save a lot of bladder infections, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> I would say the strength that I would look for is partnerships and alliances. Um, that is how you expand something because what you have right now is probably local and starting out small, but the need is vast. And, and I mean, it's quite frankly, if you've traveled through Europe and stuff, you see they have portable facilities and streets. We need that here. And how you reach them, it takes a lot of groundwork legwork but I will tell you once you get the first few out of the door and they understand the concept then it becomes very easy to replicate it's almost in the heading the direction of franchising because establishing the guidelines and principles and procedure that's really the hard part and that's probably where you are right this second and once you get that fundamentals down and you have a blueprint for success it's gonna be very easy and you'll have a you'll have a, a big tune on your hand Max, thank you so much for coming by today. We look forward to following your progress with Air P&P. We're going to stick around for a little longer after the show and talk some more about this. And you'll be able to hear the rest of this conversation with Max Godin on our website, uh, itsneworleans.com. Frank Skurlock, Teddy Nathan, if I had a dollar for every time I said this, I could buy you lunch every week. The number and types of exciting businesses in New Orleans is extraordinary. From whole new paradigms like your company, Teddy, to generational businesses with new perspectives like yours, Frank, the city's entrepreneurial landscape is broadening out in all directions. Thank you both for taking the time to join me on Out to Lunch. Thank, Thank you, you for having us. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Frank Skurlock, he's principal of the T-Minus Group, and Teddy Nathan, director of Crescent City Connections. You can find out more about Frank's fun and games and Teddy's volunteers by following the links on our websites, www.no.org and itsneworleans.com. Our show is recorded live over lunch at Commander's Palace in New Orleans. Commander's Palace serves lunch Monday to Friday, jazz brunch on Saturday and Sunday with live music and dinner seven nights a week. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. The shaken but not stirred Jennifer Smith is our researcher. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Mitch Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can get this show as a podcast, you can listen to past shows, and you can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites, itsneworleans.com and www.no.org. Support for Out to Lunch comes from PreSonus Audio Electronics. Information about Baton Rouge-based PreSonus is online at PreSonus.com. Out to Lunch is the production of INO Broadcasting and WWNO for itsneworleans.com and WWNO 89.9 FM. I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Commander's Palace for more business New Orleans style on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch on WWNO provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, online at joneswalker.com. Additional support provided by Fidelity Homestead Savings Bank, 
Resource Management, LLC, Lupa Workers Comp, and 30 North Investments. Thank you.